Hallelujah. Father, we ask you to bless this message this morning. Thank you, Lord, that it touches our heart as we celebrate you. Lord, today we give you glory that you came to this earth for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, you may be seated. What a wonderful time. We celebrate Christmas and we do this because it's a season for the world to enjoy with us what we celebrate the most, which is our eternity. You know, one of the greatest things that I love about You know, when I think about having a wife that loves the Lord like I do and a family that loves God like I do, is the most important thing that I can share with them, the deepest commitment of my heart, the deepest place I can go is my relationship with Jesus Christ, is what I have on a heavenly basis. If I couldn't share that, then I would be limited in some ways to what I could share because if you can't share the most intimate part, sometimes you you, would be difficult. But thank God we can do that. And I want to suggest to you, I want to give you a thought. You know, that we would all do this, that we would all make this a point, and that it would be important to every one of us. You know, as we go to give presents for Christmas, we're going to go out and we're going to, you know, get under the tree and pull out the presents and celebrate this birth of Jesus Christ and take this moment to do that. And of course, you know, again, I want to make sure everybody understands we celebrate it here the 24th, 25th, and that's what we do. In other countries, it's different. And the way they do it's different. The seasons are different. It's not about that we just do it on a specific day. Because in Russia, it would be the 30th of July. And it would be a, a January 1st thing. It would be uh, almost New Year's. They can't have Christmas trees. They have New Year's trees. So it's different. But we celebrate Jesus here. And we celebrate it. And so I just, I'm saying this to you is that this is not the day he was born. But, it, but it's certainly a celebration of his birth. And we ought to talk about this, and we ought to be excited about this birth of Jesus Christ. But why not when this year we give presents, how about take a moment before you do that? And we'll do this, Amy and I, will get the kids out, and they're getting older now, but we still do it. We come on uh, uh, Christmas Eve night, and of course I want to encourage all of you, we're going to be doing Christmas Eve here at Family Worship Center. We'll be lighting candles and doing a tremendous Christmas Eve service. Uh, we'll also be having our, our Give a Gift to Jesus uh, service next Sunday where we'll be giving to, you know, there'll be the Christmas box up here. How many realize that it is Jesus' birthday? You know, you give everybody else gifts, we ought to give him one. And so there'll be a place to give something to the Lord and we'll give that out and disperse that in some way to bless cities, countries, or wherever we send it. And we'll be a blessing. But also we'll have a, our agreement Sunday that comes up on the 13th of January. We want to be for the teaching when we come, just throwing a few of those things out. But this year, when you come to do Christmas, take a minute Sit down with the family, open your Bible to Luke chapter 2, and read the Christmas story. Make sure that you are celebrating Jesus and not just gifts. Make sure your children understand that Jesus is the reason for the season. Somebody say amen. Amen. And, And I want to say this to you. You know, Jesus is the way. He's the door of opportunity. Jesus said this, I'm the door. And he said that because it required human sacrifice according to the way God had set this thing up and given dominion to man on the earth, that a man would come and that he would sacrifice or be a sacrifice for the sins of man. And so Jesus became the door for us. That's why Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. There's no other name you can come to under heaven but by his name. Now think about that. You can't get there through any other means other than Jesus Christ. How do I get back in relationship with God? How do I come to a place where I have a communion with the Father? It is through Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you that we celebrate this season. I want to talk a little bit about this. And in Luke chapter 2, I'll start there. 
and just celebrating Jesus and what he did for us. Starting at verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius, or Cyrenius, or I can't ever pronounce these words, was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee into the house of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the house of the lineage of David. I want you to see how profound God is in his prophetic utterance. That God had prearranged the world and prearranged the situation that Jesus would come, Mary would be pregnant with his son, and that he would come at a time that would bring them to prophetic truth. They lived in Nazareth, but they had to come to Bethlehem because this was the place that was prescribed in the Bible. And this taxation caused that to happen. All the people of the world at that time had to go and to their own home cities and do this. And God had arranged all of this so that the timing was just right. And Jesus could be there in a city that was proclaimed in the Bible. I want you to know this. I want you to get this. Jesus, God himself, he's never late. Somebody ought to shout out amen. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly your time. You know, when he gives Jesus, when we look at Jesus, this ought to be something we ought to be excited about because if he could prophetically utter what Jesus was going to do, where he was going to be, the time and the definition of his birth, then I want you to know Jesus hasn't missed anything about your life. He hasn't made one mistake. He's not out of control or out of order. He's in order, and he knows exactly what he's doing. You can count on God. Somebody ought to say amen right there. I want you to just say that out loud. I can count on God. He's not going to miss it. He's not going to miss it in your life. When you come into cha- uh, challenges or whatever it may be, he's got it all set up. Somebody ought to say amen. He knows what he's doing. It goes on in verse 5 to say this. It says, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And it was so that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should deliver. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. It wasn't because there wasn't a place for them to stay. That's not what this was about. There were hotels back then, just like there are today. There were places for them to stay. But because everybody was being taxed, all the rooms were taken up. All the places they would go were filled. They were a little late, obviously, getting to the city to do their, to do their taxation. And so all the places were filled up. People had come in from all the cities to do what they had to do. And they ended up going to this cave that it was. And in this cave, we call it a stable. They called it a stable. But it was a cave. I want you to know something. There was no silent night. I know we sing the song Silent Night, but there was no silent night. As a matter of fact, I could imagine. Could you imagine what it was like? I would imagine that it was loud and ruckus and rowdy. And I mean, just everything you could imagine that would be in a stable was in this stable. There was no service in the inn. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, they were in this place and it was loud and it was a place, a, 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 a low place. And, 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 and there's some significance to this because if we understand what Jesus did, I want you to know something. In your lowest day, on your lowest uh, moment in life, God knows exactly where that is because he's already been there. 
I want you to know Jesus has already been to the hardest time that you could put. I mean, this is the, the reference to this is that he was brought into a low place. He was brought into a common place. He was brought into a rowdy place. He, I mean, I mean, I know we want to do religious things, but I want you to know something. Jesus knows where you are. He knows where you've been. And Jesus is able to touch you where you are and where you've been. We ought to shout out amen right there. Somebody ought to be glad to know that. I'm, I think it's wonderful to know that in that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. He didn't die for me when I got right. And many of us think that it's when we're right with God that Jesus comes and makes us right. No, it's when we're in a mess. Jesus came in the midst of your mess and loved you in the midst of your mess and found you in the midst of your mess in that while you were yet a sinner, <laughs> Christ died for you. Hallelujah. Thank God that he came. Thank God that he understands. I thought it was interesting that it goes on to say that he was in swaddling clothes. It, I mean, this is a, 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 a thing that we need to understand. Because the Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. He was the lamb slain. Now, we know where the, where the, where the, where the uh, shepherds were. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And there came from the country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. What we have to understand was these flocks were the, the, uh, the, the sacrificial sl- uh, stocks of, of sheep that were available for sacrifice. And the shepherds that were watching this flock, they were the ones watching the sacrificial lambs, the sacrificial sheep. They're watching these sheep and, as, and taking care of them, preparing them for their sacrifice. These are sacrificial sheep. These are shepherds that are watching those sheep. If you study it out, you're going to find that to be the truth that is here. Now, the word swaddling there, that it talks about they wrapped him in swaddling clothes. You have to understand, what was available were these, were these cloths or wrappings that were laying there. And when Mary took those wrappings and those cloths, she picked up what we know through history as to be they were wrappings for the sheep, for these sheep that were to be slaughtered. When they were born, they would stretch their legs out and help them to walk, and they would wrap them up like, because they were caring for them. She found inside of, this, inside of this stable clothes that would wrap up the lambs. In other words, Jesus was taken, was born, and they wrapped him in the clothes that you would wrap a lamb in. And the sheep herders that came in, the shepherds, were the ones watching the lambs that were to be sacrificed for the sins of Israel. In other words, they weren't looking at a natural lamb. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, if we could only understand, when God set this prophetic utterance up and set this whole situation up, he had set it up so that Jesus would be wrapped in the lamb's clothes. And a lamb that was born, Jesus, would be the sacrifice for sin and to redeem us to God. And he brought the shepherds and said, you're going to know him because he's going to be wrapped in lamb's clothing. Glory to God. We ought to be so excited to realize. Just think about how God set this up. He set the time up. He set the place up. He set the people up. And he wrapped him up in swaddling clothes so that he could be the redeemer of mankind. That lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. You've been redeemed not by a lamb of this earth, but by a supernatural lamb, Jesus Christ. When God did, we ought to shout. Listen, Christmas ought to be the biggest celebration we can make it because that lamb came to set me free and deliver me and heal me when I was in my lowest spot he brought me to the highest spot when I was in the deepest spot he brought me to a place of 
on, somebody shout out, it's Christmas time. Hallelujah. How amazing. What an amazing story. These shepherds, they found him. And so I just want to go on just to read it out. It says, and suddenly there was, an, there was a, with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us this day. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered with amazement at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and that were told to them. Interestingly enough, you know, we always celebrate the Christmas story and we talk about these wise men that came. Interesting, they didn't come to Bethlehem. As a matter of fact, the time period was short. They left Bethlehem, went back home. And these great uh, men that we know of that came and brought these gifts, they were obviously uh, men that had heard the traditions for years, had seen the star, and came and found Jesus and where he was. But Jesus was given to us as Emmanuel. I want you to realize Emmanuel means he's a God that never leaves us. He's a God that's always with us. It means being interpreted this way. Listen to what it says in Matthew 1. Another area we could look at, it says, and, and she shall bring forth her son, and you'll call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people of their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be, born, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, interpreted God with us. In other words, God is, I want you to know something, God is with you. Jesus came to be with you. He can be with you. He'll never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. He's always with you. The word Emmanuel means you are never alone, you are never without, and he's always present. You are never alone, you are never without, and he is always present. How many know that's what Jesus is to us? That's what Christmas is celebration, that we're receiving our Emmanuel, the God that doesn't leave us, the God that doesn't walk away from us. When we make mistakes, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Aren't you glad to know that Jesus forgives us and cleanses us and washes us and delivers us and helps us and he does it minute by minute, second by second, hour by hour, week by week, month by month, and year by year because he's never going to leave us alone and we will never be without his presence in our lives. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, he hath said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what men shall do to me. When I uh, think back about God, a scripture that sticks out to me that really resonates with me about who Jesus is, this lamb slain from the foundations of the earth, the one who's already been where I could go or where I have already been, the one who sacrifices life and gave himself for me. This is the celebration of Christmas for us. I'm reminded of losing my own parents. My mom and dad, early in my ministry, uh, my dad uh, left. Uh, he worked with me for three or four months and then went to be with the Lord. And then my mom, of course, left. They were tragic times. And people go through Christmas and they have tragic moments. And, and coming across that very first Christmas was very difficult. It was strong urges to just, I didn't know what it was going to be like. But I brought the family in. 
And it was amazing to me how the Holy Ghost came and helped us. You may have lost somebody. You might be going through something in your life. And I want you to know something. God is your helper. God is your helper. And I went to 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4, and it says this. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of comfort who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who have trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Paul wrote this, and he wrote this because the word mercies is the word oitirmos. And it means and it describes compassion, lament, and sorrow. Jesus came and he had compassion, and he lamented and he had sorrow for us. It tells us that God completely understands and, and identifies with our suffering. The word comfort in here is the word paraclesis, which describes encouragement, consolation, and comfort that one provides when you're undergoing bereavement and hardship or suffering. And it speaks about God's encouragement to us in desperate times. When God put these words together, he was saying that we have mercy and comfort. And when they're used together, it's about God giving assistance to us when we're in our troubles and in our tribulations. Paul was saying to us, and I want to say to you, don't let Christmas become a sorrow, but let it be your joy. Because you have comfort and you have someone who's helping you. You have someone that's on your side in the midst of your trial. You see, Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. God had prepared for us to have a Savior that would redeem us to our Lord God. And I thank God that we get to celebrate this moment. If you're out there this morning, I want to give you a moment. And if you're in the room, we don't ever want to miss a chance for somebody to give their heart to Jesus. Greatest thing I ever did was give my heart to Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Today is your day. Receive Jesus as Lord. Would you pray this with me? You say, how can I do this? The Bible says, believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. I'd like you to pray with me. Simply say what I say and believe it in your heart. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe it. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. I believe what the Bible says. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived on the earth. He was raised from the dead after he died. And he gave his life for me. And today he's seated by God the Father. I believe the Bible. I believe. Today Jesus come live inside of me. You said if I open the door of my heart, you'll come in and live in me. And I can sup with you, eat with you, and you'll eat with me. You'll live in me. Today, I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. Jesus, thank you. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen.